So, so while the kids do that, uh, nice and quietly um, and peacefully without any kind of disruption, uh, I just want to kind of think a bit more about that, that passage that Suzanne read to us. And uh, the loud message that's being proclaimed to us from those verses that Suzanne read is that Jesus, God the Son, is supreme. He's first over everything, first in time and first in importance. Uh, It may have been a while since you've played top trumps, uh, but I guess most of us uh, have had sort of some experience. Most of us may be familiar with the game. Maybe you're more into computer games now. Uh, Isn't it the same with them? It's very similar there, isn't it? Uh, You're playing a fighting game. Uh, Presumably you need to be the supreme fighter. Uh, you, You want to be the best. If you're playing a car racing game, don't you need to be the fastest driver in the best car? Or maybe social media is more your thing. Uh, How many uh, people on social media don't secretly want the most followers, the most shares, the most likes, uh, to be supreme among among friends at least, perhaps? Maybe you're too busy facing exams or other uh, pressures at work for any of that. Uh, Our approaches for exams can vary, can't they? Uh, But for some at least, they'll be aiming for the best grades, wanting to do the best they can. Or maybe you're a loyal fan of your sports team. You want them to reign supreme over the league. You want them to win the most matches. You want them to play the best. The claim of Colossians 1, and of the whole Bible, is that Jesus, God the Son, is supreme over absolutely everything. There's not a sphere in the whole of creation over which Jesus does not come first. He does not rank top. He's not number one. A guy called Abraham Kuyper said, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. And like Thor in our game of top trumps earlier, which you know, may or may not have been slightly rigged, but there we go. Like Thor in our game of top trumps earlier, however you compare Jesus, whatever the axis, whatever your point of reference is, he comes first. He's best, he comes top, he's most important, he's supreme. Unlike Thor, though, in that Thor is a fictional comic book character, And the son is real, not made up, not even created, as these verses say. He has eternally really existed. Now, I get that some people might have an issue with this. Maybe you're not even convinced that Jesus existed at all, let alone existed for all eternity and was God in a human body. For you to talk of Jesus being supreme over anything... It is no more plausible, perhaps, than talking about Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man or Clark Kent becoming Superman. Maybe it's the talk of creation that you struggle with. Haven't we moved on from the idea as a society? Hasn't science demolished the ancient theory that our universe was created by God? You're cleverer than that. If any of these objections are resonating with you, then please do feel free to tell me afterwards. Come and tell me. I'd love to hear what you think and have the opportunity to discuss it with you. But no credible historian denies the existence of a man called Jesus who was crucified on a Roman cross a couple of thousand years ago. And a strong case can be made for the historical reliability of the New Testament documents in the Bible. 
And of course, had we been around in the time Jesus walked the earth, we wouldn't question the reality of his existence. The question for us then would be the rather more important question. Who is this man? The people who saw Jesus calm a raging storm at sea uh, by commanding the wind and waves to stop, they, were, they were, responded in fear at his authority over nature. The people who saw Jesus command all kinds of disease and disability, heal all kinds of disease and disability and sickness, were amazed at his authority and power over these things. The people who saw Jesus cast demon-possessed people, who cast demons out of demon-possessed people, noted his authority over the spiritual realms also. The people who saw Jesus bring back to life those who they knew were dead were astonished at his authority even over death. My point is, plenty of people witnessed all these things and much more. For them, the idea that Jesus, this man, is supreme over the universe is much easier to acknowledge. Clearly, they had an advantage over you and me. In that sense, they were there. They could see it with their own eyes, hear it with their own ears, but, and we're kind of you know, at it from a distance. But, but we can read the eyewitness accounts for ourselves. They're readily available. I could give you a copy of one for free today. And if this could be true, if it could be true, surely it's worth looking into to see. Surely it's worth reading through at least one of the historically reliable eyewitness accounts and asking the question, God, I don't know if you're real or not, but if you are, please show it to me as I read this with an open mind, an open heart. I haven't even mentioned the resurrection of Jesus himself. People have set out to disprove this and become convinced of the evidence which points to Jesus who had been crucified after death on the cross, had been crucified after death on the cross, that same Jesus rising to life after he was buried and appearing to many people. Again, those who witnessed those things firsthand, along with those of us who are familiar with the evidence, find it easier to acknowledge that this risen Jesus is supreme over everything. Or maybe, as I said earlier, your objection uh, relates to the talk about the language of creation. But it's bad science to write this off uh, because of talk of creation. We're not talking here about the method or timing or age of creation. To debate those things is one thing. To debate whether what exists was in fact created or just appeared out of nowhere by chance with no intelligence behind it is quite another thing. So perhaps you could bear with us, bear with considering the possibility of there maybe being an intelligent being behind the creation, which is very much scientifically plausible uh, with an argument from evidence of design, which many rigorous academics uh, have reached that conclusion. Anyway, let's just spend five more minutes at discovering what this passage is saying, because the kids need a bit more time to make me the winning superhero costume, and uh, don't want them to kind of, you know, I don't want to appear inadequate. Uh, I've got to be the supreme superhero, surely. Uh, we started looking at this passage last week. Last week, we saw that the Son shows the Father to us. The Son is the image of God, the exact likeness of God, who represents God to us. And in the Son dwells the fullness of God. 
And we saw how this passage and other parts of the Bible teach clearly that Jesus is God and that in Jesus, the eternal God the Son took on flesh, becoming a man who makes God known to us. And if we want to know God and we want to know what he's like, then we need to look at Jesus. As well as seeing this relationship between the Son and his Father, we thought about the relationship between the Son and his creation. The entire universe, the entire created universe, in every sense, is his creation. He is the one through whom all things were made. Everything has its existence in connection with him. And he's the one for whom everything is made. He's the heir of creation. He takes first place to it, over it. It's his to inherit. It belongs to him. He's preeminent. He ranks top. And not only does creation have its beginning in him and its goal in him, but also he's the one who sustains all things now. In him they continue to exist. As one commentator wrote, without him electrons would not continue to circle nuclei, gravity would would cease to work, the planets would not stay in their orbits. In Jesus, God the Son reigns supreme over all things, holding all things together. And we reflected on the hard question last week that our experience might not seem to match this reality. But whether or not it looks to us now like the sun reigns supreme over all things, his supreme status and reign will one day be plain for all people to see. One day every knee will bow. One day death and sickness will be no more. This is the direction things are heading. Where I want to pick up today is in relation to the Son and his mission. We observed last week that Jesus takes center place in God's work of creation. And so too Jesus takes center place in God's work of salvation. Now I would guess that, that uh, some, most of us, all of us, uh, have at some point in our lives fallen out with someone. Uh, maybe even uh, fallen out with someone multiple points in our life. Maybe you've fallen out with multiple people. Not saying you're a bad person. It's just life, isn't it? We fall out with people. Sadly, broken relationships are all too common in our experience. And these verses describe the whole of creation, humanity included, as being in a state of broken relationships to our Creator. These uh, things are not the way they're meant to be in creation generally, and things are not the way they're meant to be in humanity's relationship to the loving God who created us to know him in love and joy and fullness of life. And in the verses that Suzanne read to us, we heard it described in terms like separation from God. We're separated from him because we're enemies. It's not so much that God views us as his enemies as we view him as our enemy. That's our mindset. Uh, I think it was in the campaigns in Afghanistan and Iraq, we often used to hear the the term about the campaign for hearts and minds, didn't we? Uh, The kind of the the forces who were there wanting to win the local people's hearts and minds. Uh, It's a similar thought here. In our hearts and minds, we view God as our enemy. We're hostile towards him. And so we distance ourselves from him. We reject his authority. We rebel against him. Our relationship with him is broken. This is the position we all find ourselves in, and none of us is any different. But this is also the situation into which the astonishingly good news of the message of Jesus comes. 
So let me read to you again from Colossians 1. I'm going to read from verses 19. It's on the screen behind me. It's also in the church Bibles if you want to look, page 1182. Just going to read a few verses from Colossians 1. If you're not familiar with the Bible and you want to look it up, when we say number one, we're talking about the chapter numbers, they're the big numbers, and I'm going to say verse 19, so that's the small 19. It's kind of on the second column on the page if you're looking at it about halfway down. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in the Son, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel so we all find ourselves in this hostile state towards god but he has acted in the son to bring us back into relationship with him to restore what was broken to restore that fellowship to restore that friendship as it was a in the other translation we read to make us friends again through the son god reconciles all things by making peace, bringing wholeness through, you notice, the death of his body in his body, his flesh on the cross, through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus offered his life in our place to bring us back into that relationship with God, to bring us back not just as friends, but as his children, enjoying all the privilege and benefit and love and joy of being sons and daughters of the creator God. But we need to respond. We need to accept this. We need to have faith, is the word used here, to believe that Jesus did that for us, for me. That Jesus' blood shed on the cross was for me, to bring me back into relationship with God. And we need to continue believing that, uh, as, uh, as it said in the, in the passage there. We need to continue uh, in that, not moving on from it. And God invites all of us to be reconciled. This morning, he invites all of us, if you're not yet reconciled with him, he invites all of us to be brought back to him, to be reconciled with him. In fact, invites is perhaps too soft a word. He pleads with us. He urges us to come back to him, to know his love and his forgiveness and the life that he gives to us. In the Son, we have that rescue. We have that price paid for us, that forgiveness of our sin. And we continue in that, being established and firm. Like Language is kind of like of a, of a building, laying down good foundations. So if you're new to, to this faith, if you're a child and young in kind of growing up in this way, although we encourage all of our children to make this decision for themselves, but you need to lay a good foundation. You need to lay a solid foundation and continue laying that. All of us need to continue uh, laying that foundation. Um, so... In the Son, God has brought us back into that relationship with him. And we can go on knowing that. Uh, We're going to, uh, well, no, we're not. Okay, we're going to do a slight change of plan, which Rob and the band will want to know about. um, uh, Because the the costumes aren't quite amazing enough yet. Um, So what we're going to do is uh, sing uh, a song, which is kind of... Oh, God is greater. Um, 
which is celebrating kind of all of this and building in some of these themes. Uh, so if we can do water, you turn into wine. Uh, we'll bring that forward um, uh, to give them a bit more time. The alternative is that I waffle on for a lot longer, but then we finish a lot later. So we'll bring that song forward, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, continue thinking about these things as we sing. Uh, and then we'll hopefully be able to do uh, some of the, the costume stuff after that. <laughs>